Welcome to Pick Up and Deliver, the podcast where I pick up my audio recorder when I step off the train and deliver an episode to you while I walk home. I'm Brendan Riley. Well, good afternoon, listeners. It is a blustery day here in suburban Chicago where the weather is getting ready to yo-yo this week. Uh, Mid-February, today it was 15 degrees when I left the house. If I had to guess, I would say right now it's in the high 20s. I think by tomorrow it's supposed to be in the 50s. And then two days from now, it's supposed to be back to the 20s. So, weird. Uh, With that in mind, there's no good segue to the conversation topic today. I was thinking about what do I share with you? Often the Monday morning episode or the Monday afternoon episode, which is what this is, includes elements or discussions of um, my weekend and the gaming I did this weekend. However, as happens a couple times a year, my weekend this weekend was all about swimming. And so I thought I would talk a little bit about the relationship of swing, swimming to games. Hold on, Brendan. Some of you seasoned listeners will say, you have talked about this before. I certainly have. I know that sometime in the last couple of years, I have mentioned occasionally the elements of swimming. I'll talk about different kinds of relationships that the... Uh, swim meet running that I do has to this episode or has to gaming and in fact I've done two full episodes on this subject episode 9 and episode 109 I believe it I believe the titles were on swimming on swimming and on swimming revisited now for the first on swimming I don't think I did any research at all other than talking for on swimming revisited I hope that I listened to the on swimming episode and then talked about it however We're now to episode 400 and change, and I feel like I'm a little past whatever it was I said then. So instead of doing my due diligence and actually listening to those episodes, I just decided I'm going to do another one. Now, if you've been with me this whole time, you listened to that episode about three years ago, the last one, so maybe it's not fresh and a little bit of a return to an old tried and true subject matter will not be too out of place. You could also have the experience of me repeating what I said directly if you've listened to that other episode. I don't know. I didn't listen to it. I'm not gonna. So this is just gonna be uh, what it is. So you could think of it as a rerun. You could think of it as a remake. Or perhaps this entirely new content. I don't know. I'm a different person three than three years ago. So, well, so that's what I'm gonna do. The way that I'm gonna do it is I'm gonna tell you about my weekend helping to run a swim meet through five different game mechanisms. I'm gonna talk about how each game mechanism relates to what I did helping run the swim meet. In case you're new and you didn't don't know what I'm talking about, uh, my daughter is a competitive swimmer, and as is the case usually with uh, children having activities as a parent, I'm involved in those activities. In this case, I am one of my daughter's swim team's uh, officials. In the United States, in swimming, the swim team, the swim meets are run by volunteers and. Some of those volunteers have special training in the rules and adjudication of the sport of competitive swimming. And those volunteers then run the meet or officiate the meet to make sure that it's fair for all swimmers and that it's recorded in in concordance with the rules. So there you go. That's what's going on at the meets. I've been doing this for a long time. And so as a result, I am a meet ref, which is the highest level you can get at the local at the local level. Now, I have not pursued any of my national certifications, so they have 
these levels of certification that you can get above and beyond the level that I'm at. Those are designed to allow you to go work at the bigger meets. And eventually, if you're somebody who pursues that kind of certification aggressively, you end up, you could end up working at, say, the Olympic trials or the Olympics. Now, I will say for myself, as much as I do enjoy this, and I do enjoy it, I enjoy doing it because it helps out my daughter and it's um, good for my daughter's team. It's a good way for me to participate in her sport, to support her, uh, but also to help make sure the team is able to stay viable and that sort of thing. That said, I do not enjoy it as an activity on its own, separated from that secondary element. And so a lot of people enjoy doing swim meets enough that it becomes a hobby for them. And after their swimmers have left swimming, they continue to officiate swim meets. I can say my, for myself, that is not going to be the case. Uh, so my daughter is a sophomore in high school, so I imagine I will be officiating swim meets for about two more years. After that, I'll be happy to have my Saturdays back. So with that in mind, I thought I would talk a little bit about how I spent my weekend. And like I said, talk about the different ways that board game mechanisms seem to connect to the meet. So the first one I want to talk about is worker placement. As the meet referee, my main job is to make sure we have enough officials and to arrange the officials so that we can run the rest of the meet. If I've done my job well, and we've had good input from the other teams, I shouldn't actually be working as an on-deck official for any of the meet. What I should do is be having other people do that officiating. The idea there is that if there's a dispute about a rule, then I can be an impartial uh, adjudicator of that dispute because I haven't already ruled on it. If I were the deck referee, for instance, the person who runs any individual session and a call came through, I have to decide on it for it to become, say, a disqualification. And then if the coach protests it, well, I'm not impartial. I've already considered the evidence I was given and ruled on it. Now, as a meet referee, if I were working in a position as a deck ref and there was a protest, I could reassess it. I'm not so egotistical that I'd be like, nope, can't change my mind, but I would be reversing myself as opposed to the meet referee, sort of a step back. You have a little bit more impartiality there. More importantly, you have the power and the ability to investigate and resolve weird things. So, but like I said, the first job that I have is to figure out how to use my workers. And what's interesting about this is, you know, in a board game, when you have your workers, you want to use them all, of course. Uh, and you want to get the most stuff back for your uh, use. In swimming, it's the same way. You have a, a certain number of officials who have volunteered to help. And they come in three different flavors. There's deck referees, there's starters, and there's stroke and turn, turn judges. Uh, the deck referees run the session. They blow a whistle and they kind of manage the flow of the events. The starters have a very specific job. I bet you can guess what it is. They say, take your mark and hit a button. Uh, their job is to start, the, start each session to kind of manage the swimmers as they are getting uh, beginning the event and to set it up in a way that they are calm and are able to have a fun, uh, fair start. Uh, and then finally, you have the stroke and turn judges who usually stand at the edge of the pool, or if you've watched the Olympics, they walk along the side of the pool and they will judge whether or not the swimmers that are doing the uh, swimming are following the rules about how they have to do the swimming. So if you are watching somebody do the breaststroke, there's very specific rules about how they're supposed to move their arms and move their feet in order to do the breaststroke and how many hands they use to touch the end. And there's a whole bunch of rules. So that's kind of how it works. So as the meat ref, 
each session, I get people who volunteer to help out in different ways. And I find out, the first thing I have to do is make sure they're all allowed to work because each person has to be certified by USS Swimming. We have to go through a background check. So I have to check all of that ahead of time or check it. Like if someone just shows up and says, hey, I want to work, they'll have a membership card that I can uh, review. And then I go look them up in the database as well just to make sure that uh, that's accurate. Uh, and then, then I have to arrange the deck. And this is a pretty significant job. And it's the main thing that I'm doing before the session starts. Because usually I know how many people are coming, so I kind of have the deck prearranged. But sometimes people will show up and I have to manage it on their own. And this is the part that feels like worker placement to me. You have a certain number of workers and you're trying to get maximum efficiency out of them. That's the case as well for me, keeping in mind a couple different goals. In running a swim meet, when I have someone volunteer to come help work, I want to give them work to do. Their benefit is, is twofold. One. Uh, they have a nice view of the deck and something to do. It's boring to not be given work to do. Two, they get credit for working that session. And because of the way USA Swimming works, you have to work a certain number of sessions every year to keep your certification alive. So if they are not given sessions to work, then uh, they might be unhappy and they might not return as workers later. That's the, the negative part of the worker placement game of, of officials is if I don't use the officials well, then they might not come back next time. You also have different strengths uh, for the different workers. There are some workers who are uh, more attentive or less attentive perhaps, or there are some stroke and turn judges who are more experienced or less experienced. Sometimes you'll get an apprentice judge who has to be trained and so they need to be paired with another judge. Um, and so all this goes into how I set up the deck. The ch most challenging part of it is when you get too many experienced judges who show up all at the same time. The philosophy that most of us have is we'll work where you need us. If I show up at a meet, even though I am a referee, which means I can work that high level de deck ref position, if I show up at a meet and what they really need is stroke and turn judges, I'm happy to be a stroke and turn judge. But I will say it's not as fun. Being a deck referee is interesting. There's a lot of interesting things to do. You've learned to help manage to run the meet. If you go and be a stroke and turn judge, it's not as fun. I'm happy to do it. I volunteer to help, but not as fun. Same thing with being a starter. Starter is more interesting than stroke and turn judge. So if I come to a meet and I never get, if I come to a meet and I am a deck referee and they have me do stroke and turn for one session, okay. But if I come to a meet and I'm a deck referee and they have me do stroke and turn for every session I work, well, that might be a little uh, a little demoralizing. Like I said, I would be happy to do whatever they need me to do. But if they have the same people working as deck referee and starter for every session and me here with those same qualifications and I'm put in stroke and turn judge every session, that doesn't feel great. feels like, well, they didn't really need a deck referee. They just needed a stroke and turn judge. And if I see that they had plenty anyway, I might not work that meet next time. Or I might wait and see if they call for help. Um, I might not just volunteer. So there is an element of keeping your workers happy, which is not a thing you see very often in games. Sometimes there's a morale function, like I talked about Anachrony has one of those. But thinking about how often you use a worker in a certain way. So, you know, in some ways, running a meet for a weekend is an, an act of worker happiness management as much as it is worker management. The second one in a related element is resource management that often what you are trying to do when you're running a swim meet is figure out how to best use these different resources you have so one of the things that i have for instance is i have in my head a set a way to arrange different numbers of stroke and turn judges 
that if I have one stroke and turn judge, they're going to be at the turn end of the pool and the referee and starter are going to watch the start end of the pool for the stroke part. If I have two stroke and turn judges, one at each end of the pool. If I have three, then I put two at the turn end and one at the start end on the opposite side of where the starter and ref referee are. If we have four, two at each end, five, six, seven, it goes up to once I have four or more, then I start having relief. If the session is very long, you'll have one of the judges be put in. Their job is to go around and have the other judges step out for 15 minutes so that everybody can get a break because the swim sessions are often really long. And the morning sessions at this meet were five hours. And so having no breaks in there would be a very long session. Now, usually there are some breaks kind of built in, but having someone come, in, come by and relieve people for 15 minutes out of an hour is pretty good. Um, but then you also get to a point where you have too many people. That actually happened to me on Sunday of this meet. I had 10 stroke and turn judges. Now, basically eight is the most I can use well at that pool because the pool is, this is a six lane pool. So if I have eight stroke and turn judges, then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have three over each end and then two as relief. Now I could use two more judges as chief judges, which I do, but if I got to the point where I had 12, which is what I had at this last session, then I ran into an issue of I don't really have anything for them for that last pair to do. Once I've used 10, I don't really have any, anything more to do with more. So I ended up splitting the judges into two crews and I had half of them work one session and half of them work the other. And that way we have a mix that allows for everybody to get some time working and feel meaningful in the time that you're working. You know, if you're watching three lanes, that's, that's a meaningful amount of work to do. So again, managing those resources is like, it's, it's, you know, it's another kind of strategy management game. Uh, the three other types of games that getting, that get, that I got to participate in this weekend. Uh, one is the puzzle game. Uh, we have the puzzle of trying to figure out how to arrange all of the different swimmers in the different heats that we have in such a way that each swimmer gets a, a fair shake, that each swimmer gets to uh, swim against reasonable competitors, but also that we're the most efficient with our time. One of the ways that we do this is we have swimmers check in for the meet, and if they don't check in, then we pull them out of the meet, we're able to condense the meet down. Uh, but then you always run into the trouble of somebody who like, uh, this happened where we had a swimmer who got, got marked that they were not attending the meet, even though they were attending the meet. So then we had three events where there was the, the meet that was all tightly packed. And we had three events where this swimmer was supposed to swim, but we didn't have them in the session. And so we have to kind of add them on the fly. It's this sort of puzzle where you're trying to solve these problems that crop up. In that way, it's not unlike a cooperative game like Pandemic or something where you have these different challenges that emerge. And as players, you have to figure out how to solve those challenges in real time, uh, which gets to the last, the last element I wanted to mention, which was real-time strategy. A swim meet works that way. You have resource management in that as a deck referee when you're in position. You're dealing with tons of things. You're supposed to be watching the pool the whole time. You have to talk to your starter about any problems that come up. Any disqualifications come in, they come in as a sheet and you have to read them, record them on your sheet. You have to decide whether you accept the call or not. You have to fill, finish filling out the form. You have to turn it into the table and you're supposed to be keeping track of the swimmers in the water to make sure that they're safe and they're competing fairly. And if they come to the end of the event, then you have to start the next event. You have to do that all while you're managing these different things, while you're answering questions from swimmers, talking to coaches, being the decker referee, especially if there's no meet referee to handle some of that, can be really uh, quite a challenge. And it feels a bit like those real-time strategy games where you have five different things you're trying to keep track of 
and uh, if you screw one up, then you lose. The last one I want to mention is sometimes it's like solving a mystery game. There are mysteries that will emerge, and you have to try to figure them out. For instance, at this meet, we had the mystery of two swimmers, one lane. We had two different swimmers who both insisted they swam in heat four of a particular event and lane three of a particular event. And we had no way of telling which one was correct. They both thought themselves to be correct. Neither was being malicious. Uh, one of them was supposed to swim in lane four, but she made a mistake and swam in lane three. But the one who was supposed to lane three also said she swam in lane three. So we had to do some uh, investigating there to find out who, in fact, swam in lane three. So, uh, what did you think of this return to swimming episode? Was it a rerun of episode 109? Or did it feel new and fresh? Or perhaps it's just been three years since I've talked about swimming in great detail on the podcast, and so you were ready for a new version. Or maybe you're a new listener who wasn't listening to episode 109, in which case this all felt new and you're annoyed that I continue talking about how it's not new. Whatever the answer, head over to Board Game Geek Guild 3269 and let me know what you thought of this episode. Or uh, which sports do you participate in? Which events, which activities do you participate in for your students, your children, <laughs> students, your children? And how does those, how do those things also map onto the board game experience? I would love to know, and you could tell me by heading over to Board Game Geek Guild 3269, as I've already said. You could send me a direct message, brendan at rattleboxgames.com, or through Board Game Geek's messaging system, wombat929 is my username there. Thanks for joining me on my chilly walk today. I hope that your next walk is as pleasant as mine was. Bye-bye. Brought to you by Rattlebox Games.